Well, Pastor Jeff, back with you, uh, fresh off two weeks of being in Michigan. It was great to be away, see your son, Michael, who's in the Green Rapids area, as well as Bethany's family. And at the time of this recording, uh, Bethany just completed her 10th chemotherapy treatment. So thank you for all of your thoughts and prayers. And we're just excited about uh, who God is and that he has a plan for our lives. And one with a tremendous story and experience of God's plan is Justin Ingalls. Justin, welcome in. Pastor Jeff, great to see you. Great to visit with you. And hello, Vermont, worldwide. Yes. And I just wanted to bring up Celebrate Church. Celebrate.church is uh, where you're currently at. Uh, Here's the website on screen as well. I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Keith Loy as he came to Boston with our former superintendent, Paul James, and talked about the possibility of a church plan in Boston. This was a few years ago. But after I met him, I uh, started to listen to the church podcast, of which I heard your story. This is probably a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now. And you shared a tremendous story of God's faithfulness. But in that interview, you said that you moved back to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So where did you move back from? So uh, my wife and I moved to Sioux Falls uh, recently in the last year. Moved from Lincoln, Nebraska is where we moved from. And uh, work-related, uh, we'd lived in Sioux Falls before, member of Celebrate Church, and it was just one more reason to come back to Sioux Falls. And so this is uh, completely ignorant on my end, which I uh, apologize for, but Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I mean, Vermont at least is known for maple syrup. What's South Dakota known for? Oh, beautiful, beautiful blue skies. Uh, we got the Black Hills in the western part, part of the states. We've got rich, green and growing farmland here in the eastern part of the United States. Uh, probably knowing, I don't know if it's good or bad. We got a lot of great people that visit the state in the Sturgis Rally, too. That's uh, nice. got a finish in this weekend. You yeah. probably heard about that. Oh, we have all the way out here in the Northeast. We uh, new, News does not miss us here. But again, in that interview, and I just want to encourage people, I, I love podcasts and I love sermons after the fact on podcasts, and they can listen to that. It actually is part two of the Rethink series that you're featured. But it said, or you shared that you grew up 100 miles away from Sioux Falls. Is that correct? I did. I grew up at the privilege of uh, having wonderful parents and growing up on a farm a um, hundred miles to the north of, of Sioux Falls in the small town of Bryant, South Dakota, where we had animals and grew up like a lot of a lot of other people that were our neighbors. And I uh, affectionately say my dad is a sophisticated redneck. He grew up on a dairy farm. He did not want to farm as he began, uh, began his adult life. But we always had at least one cow or one pig or one horse or a couple of chickens growing up. And uh, can you just talk about what some would say a simpler life, but it certainly was a good life for my dad and for us to know the the responsibility of hard work and just living where you could care for your land and just be responsible in that way? I sure will. And, and, And Jeff... I, I, I don't have the pleasure and, and uh, honor of, of knowing your dad, but I love your dad already. I can tell you, okay? But no, we grew up, um, uh, we, we, I, there's, I always say there's, there's two five o'clocks. Uh, there's a 5 a.m. and there's a 5 p.m. We know that because of the farm life, right? Um, we don't work any, any more or any harder than everybody else. Everybody's busy. But, but having grown up on a farm, um, 
with with cattle and and, uh, <clears throat> and and hogs farming the land, corn and soybeans here in here in eastern South Dakota, uh, hay for the cattle, corn silage, grain uh, for the animals. It was uh, kind of a circle of life, right? You grow it, you feed it, um, you fertilize it, and uh, and uh, you know we, we we eat from it, we sustain from it uh, that way. Um, my, Terrible, tremendous, tremendous respect and honor to my parents. Um, we don't get to choose our parents. I couldn't have chosen better parents. And uh, they were characters. They were two very different people. My grew up. My mother grew up in a in a in a very uh, uh, she described it a very strict um, uh, family. She was one of five children. Um, credible faith. Uh, that they had that my grandmother, her mother had. In fact, she has a brother that's a pastor in the Washington, D.C. area in a church, uh, an ordained minister. So um, knew how to work. She was a, she was a little tiny lady, um, absolute spirit. Uh, she she she's gone way too early. One quick story in which she 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 left and continued to give. She had uh, peripheral artery disease, hardening of the arteries. Mm -hmm. She lost her lower left leg. They took her lower left leg because of circulation. Um, didn't stop her. What what will and and uh, and might for a hundred and fifteen pound lady and and um, she actually donated her body um, to to uh, to a university, University of Minnesota, where they could study her. Okay, and uh, it was it was her way. It was one way that. Uh, she continued to give after she was gone, and uh, that that was really special. My father, on the other hand, he was the he was uh, one of five as well. He was the youngest of five. He had four sisters. He was the baby of the family. Well, he had wonderful eighty nine trips around the sun here on here on Earth, and uh, he. Uh, I, I I don't know that I'd call him a redneck. I call him certainly would call him a rancher. Um, uh, would 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 like to be cowboy way more than he would like to be farmer. Um, didn't particularly like farming, but loved the outdoors. Loved to be loved to be outdoors, and and um, you know part of and and we'll probably get into it, but part of um, what what I feel so strongly called here at Celebrate of helping others is is really kind of my my father's. Um, challenges that he had on the farm of finding help, of finding. Uh, so he, he did a lot of things himself instead of teaching others to do it. And he had the vision of, of, of uh, the vision of touching things, making it better and passing it on was, was his vision. And um, uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better place to grow up. Yeah, I like what you shared and just the importance of leaving a legacy and allowing uh, your life to live on, even though you don't have breath in your lungs, people can certainly learn uh, from others. Um, as I just think about my dad's generation, my grandparents, and maybe you can relate, I understand that it was your father-in-law, soon-to-be father-in-law, that told you that he loved you. But there was something that uh, people, men, uh, at least where we are, grew up on farms. You were so busy working that you knew your family loved you, but it was rarely stated. And my dad now, and I love my dad, and my dad is the absolute best, but he never really enjoyed hugs. And then when I got to high school, I just hugged him anyway. I'm a hugger. Uh, my parents yeah. chose me because I was adopted. 
And now my dad actually looks forward to those hugs, but I have to sneak up on him depending on what he's doing or in the middle of. But can you just share about how you knew you were loved, even though it may not have been verbally communicated? Yeah, you know, those, uh, you're so right. Some, you know, the, the genre of, you know, our fathers, Pastor, and, and um, maybe German Irish descent, proud. Um, no emotion going through some, you know, generations of, of, uh, of challenges as this, as this country, this great country was built. It's tucked away. And, and um, my father, I, I truly, it was late, late in life before I heard the words, I love you from his mouth. I never once felt shorted of love and care and, the, the kindness that, that my mother and my father uh, gave both my sister, uh, my only sibling, year younger than I am, um, never gave us uh, uh, any indication that there was nothing but love. Didn't know the difference. Um, actually, you mentioned my father-in-law as the first adult male. I remember saying the words, I love you. And I thought that was just strange. You know, those awkward hugs you talk about your dad, maybe <laughs> that was kind of how I was. This guy told me he loved me. Um, yeah. So, but no, it was, there was, there was always somebody to talk to. There was always guidance that was given. There was always um, my mother um, in, in the eighties, the farm economy and high interest rates, farms all across the Midwest struggled. And, and uh, my mother would work at from 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. to 11 to 7 a.m. Wow. And she'd hustle home. She'd work all night and hustle home. And uh, so she could be there in the morning that my sister and I, we could, she'd get us off to school. We'd always have a breakfast, um, always had cloves, never did without, you know, never grew up wanting, um, wanting more. Um, we, we were... The, the country church was two and a half miles from our from our farm, from our driveway. And it was a special place on Sundays. And, you know, dad would always say churches are those that need it. And uh, we all need it. That's what he said. <laughs> he would say. So but I remember that. But there were many, many examples. And I, I, I absolutely honor, um, you know, my parents and uh, our parents and um, think of um uh, you know, how, how they, they, they showed me, they taught me, they introduced me to God, they introduced me to the Spirit and, and, and truly about helping others. And uh, so very excited. I can go on and on, but, but uh, there, we, we were not short of, of love. We were short on saying and maybe expressing it with hugs and a bunch of emotions and, and I love you. And it's part of my wife and I's absolute purposeful we love you. And, and, and we, we probably say it to a point where we get numb to it. We still mean it, but maybe it just becomes um, a habit. And uh, we caution ourselves uh, about that. And again, Justin Ingalls, make us some time. You can go to celebrate.church to find more information about uh, the involvement. He is there with Pastor Keith Floyd, but celebrate.church. And there are a few specifics we want to get get into regarding your story. But I do want to ask this first because I'm curious. I went out to breakfast uh, this morning with a uh, student. He's going to be a sophomore in college, but he does not eat bacon. 
And uh, the waitress asked twice, like, do you want home fries or bacon? And twice he said home fries. Well, the waitress brought out bacon, so I ate it so he wouldn't have to. Those yep. country those country breakfasts. I mean, I remember having biscuits and gravy for dinner, let alone for breakfast. Talk to me a little bit about some of your favorite meals growing up on the farm. What do you miss and uh, what do you still indulge in? Wow. You, you, great question, first of all. Great, great question. So when you think about it, and I even in, in, in interviews, I interview a lot of people for, for positions and, and help people. One of the questions for all the HR folks out there, I'm quite sure this, this might not be appropriate, so test it first. But one of the questions was, what was your favorite meal that your mother made? Well, yeah. my mother made the best, hands down, fried chicken and gravy was its own food group. It was it was like a beverage at our house. We put it on everything. We put it on piles of bread and ripped up bread and gravy. But uh, the roast beef, um, fresh potatoes and peas out of the garden that were that were literally dug or picked, uh, you know, a 30 minutes before you're before you're eating them. And so all absolutely wonderful memories. And I, I it puts just joy on my face, uh, thinking about asparagus, um, picking an apple in the fall off a tree, you know, and being able to eat that. All of those are great. So, uh, but, but your, but the mother, your mother's fried chicken is, I'm sure yours is the same way. Mother's fried chicken is the best. Yeah. It makes you think of home. But, um, at the end of that interview that you had with pastor Keith, he mentioned that COVID didn't change us. It exposed us and it exposed the local church to some things that we need to do better, that we need to understand that we're part of the family of God, whether we can gather in a specific place that we choose to or not. I think COVID also exposed us to the fact that isolation is bad and solitude is good. During COVID, how did you process all of that when you went through some personal trauma, some certain losses yourself and your family? Yeah. You know, it, it did. Uh, <clears throat> certainly it's challenging. And, and I think it, the exposure is really um, we need one another as human beings. Okay. Um, and, and, we, we went, I mean, like many churches, we, we didn't, the, the doors were never closed, right? Um, it was a different door. The door was maybe the, this, this computer monitor or television screen that, that messages were delivered and the groups were smaller and maybe in homes where, where people, where people felt, felt comfortable. Um, but the thirst and the hunger that, that was even greater, the need for the spirit, the need yes. for helping others was, was, uh, was, was, you know, was at an all time, is at an all time high for, for, for that. So that's, that's really when Pastor Keith says that about being, hey, it exposed us, challenged us to think um, uh, differently, think about things differently, um, deliver, delivering, um, you know, kind of how we communicate. Um, there were many days um, the, I would go to my, I'd walk uh, about a quarter mile down to the group of mailboxes. And that was my, and I was just hoping I'd see somebody doing the same thing at the same time. So I could have some human interaction, some, you know, um, you know, as we were doing that through, through, uh, through COVID. So, um, 
it, 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 I think it gave us uh, some very, we, we should do it anyway. We do, we do do it, but I think it really gave us some, some really some time to be very purposeful about the, the connection with others and how we connect. And Keith always says you take church up and you take church out of these four walls. And, and uh, that's really the, you know, the signs as we exit the parking lot, church starts now, yeah. um, you know, as we, as we leave the parking lot. So, um, but uh, the challenges, but out of any challenges, out of any conflict, um, we all know there's good things that come out of that. So Justin Ingalls, Celebrate.Church is where you can find more information, uh, Celebrate.Church. But Justin, and I'm going to follow in the same um, uh, chronology, I guess, as the interview with Pastor Keith. And for those yeah. listening, either watching on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, or the church podcast, Living Hope Wesleyan on Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts, um, your father, as you mentioned, passed away over three years ago, and he left you with an expression that you shared earlier about touch it, make it better, and pass it on. Uh, just briefly share how that has impacted you from three years ago and even prepared you for possibly the, the tragedies you experienced the last two years. Yeah. So um, you talked about love earlier, and this is, this is a great example. <clears throat> and uh, mom and dad both have been gone. Dad three years. Mom about almost ten years now that 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 she's been gone. But one of the expressions was "touch it, make it better, and pass it on." And I go, "What's that crazy old man talking about? You know, what's he mean? What's he? What touch what? Make it better? What do you mean? Like pound a nail in it, glue it together, or what? Pass it on? Who do I give it to? Well, as you go through life and experiences happen." Um, it becomes really clear what my father was talking about. It wasn't any thing my father, any tangible object that my father was talking about, about it. Touch it was, was the people around you, okay? Make it better was help them in any way you can. And pass it on is... <laughs> The, to, 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 to those all around us, and especially yeah. those that are closest to us. And when we have those beliefs of touch it, make it better, pass it on, and it gets duplicated, and this thing just goes you know, exponentially fast is, is uh, the, the impact that it can make. And it's, I, I do know what it means today. And uh, my dad had the dream and the vision of, of literally, um, turning the barn in which we raised animals into a place of let's let's give this as an opportunity for young people to come and, and work and learn accountability and those workers that I can't find as hired hands on the farm and on the ranch let's let's grow them right here that was his but he never pulled the trigger on it he never executed on it he never got it done and he left a note and that note, I found in a safe deposit box long after he was gone. And the, and the handwritten note is only he could write with his left hand. And he had parts of fingers that he'd been missing because, you know, farmers, that happens, right? Great big fingers that are about the size of blotwurst, right? And, and uh, the, note, the note started, I hope, I hope that who this note is intended for finds this note. And... Uh, it was like God placed the note on top of that safety mm. deposit box. 
you ever pulled the drawer out of the safe deposit box and open the open the door, it sat there perfectly on top. It's the first thing. It's the only thing I saw in that safe deposit box, and it was his vision of uh, of you know he went on with a few brief sentences that said I, I I know the person that's going to find this will carry this on, will make a difference, will touch it, will pass it on, and. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm leaving this note for them to finish what I couldn't finish um, and love dad. Hmm. So excuse me for the emotion, but uh, it really, it really, um, it validated the, all of that love. And that's probably the greatest example is you talked about share some examples of growing up, maybe not with all that emotion, but yeah. today, knowing what that means. So the story isn't over. Um, like my mother gave and continued to give after she was gone. My father has done it with this. And uh, uh, my only goal is to is to is to do it and continue to do it um, after I am gone as well. And that's so special. And what a testimony witness and example of who God is. And uh, I loved in that interview, you said you only know two things. And I'm just going to bring them up now because yeah. I think we all only should know these two things. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. And the second is I'm not going to give up trying and uh, quitting is well, such failure. And so knowing that you're not going to give up trying. It was November of 2019 that your grandson was tragically killed. Um, on a crosswalk as he was headed to kindergarten. Yeah. How, how did that affect your faith? <clears throat> Never questioned ever as a family did we question why us? Um, if it's, if, if things like a tragedy of a six-year-old going off to school and, 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 and truly an accident occurring, being killed in a crosswalk right outside of three steps away from stepping onto the school grounds. Um, absolute tragedy. And there's nothing worse than to see children, grandchildren hurting. Okay. And and this little guy, little Vale, his 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 heart and he ran so fast and so far out in front of people, not literally, but how he would think and was always this smile that would light up any room and the older kids wanting him to play uh, with them. And usually the little brother, we don't want the, the big brother doesn't want little brother around and no, everybody wanted Vale around. Right. So it, it, how it affected faith, it reaffirmed it. it it's hmm. uh, we, we know um, by by, we, we're we're absolute mortals. We're we're filling time here on Earth. Let's get let's make the most out of it. And and I don't say this arrogantly. We don't say this arrogantly as a family. But if this is going to happen, it's a bad thing. It's a tragic thing. If this is going to happen, don't ask why us, Lord. Ask why not us. It yeah. it stinks of of what happened. Absolutely tragedy, but. Uh, I, I truly believe we're blessed as a family um, and God has helped us grieve. God has helped us uh, cope. God has helped us realize that we get to focus on what we do have in memories and in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in prayers and in hope in Vale's name, our grandson's name, 
of touching things, making them better, and passing them on. Hmm. Um, that, that's how we're truly, and, and God I know is speaking through me. He speaks, God speaks through our family when we, when we help others that grieve. Um, part of giving is, we all know this, is what great things you get in return. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, I worry of our, of our daughter, our son-in-law, Vale's brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles, you know, all of us as a family. It's a, it's a daily that um, we're not afraid to talk about it because it keeps them alive, fills our heart, uh, you know, with that. So um, it's, we, we're really, as we embrace, uh, not happy about what happened, right? But as we embrace how we're dealing with it and keeping Vale alive and living and moving uh, uh, ahead in doing things and honoring him, um, that, that's that's really that that's really faith that God is giving us. That uh, you know God is good. <laughs> we continue to help others. And as you uh, may be aware or heard in the opening of this uh, interview, my wife has a stage three colon cancer. She just completed number ten of uh, twelve chemotherapy treatments. And she shared it's been clarifying on who God is and uh, what's taking place. And easily somebody could come up with a marketing slogan for the ministry you do and say, hey, let's make something work and get, get something that's catchy. But when you endure suffering and pain, there's something so real about that that no marketing strategist could ever come up with what you've dealt with. On those days where you felt tired and worn down, how important was the church family or personal family just to get you through and help you to see that the next step was available? You just needed to rest on God's arms to get through. Yeah. So great to hear your wife and, and you, you talk about her and prayers are with you and we'll continue to be with you and the healing there. So um, for us, um, it's, it's uh, the words that came to me in this really truly were take charge, trust Christ and, and take care. Those, mm -hmm. those just, that just kept pouring into me. It poured into us as, as a, as a family. Um, everybody would say, you, you asked about how the church, how, how they reached out. Our daughter, son-in-law, when Vale was, was killed, um, died in the accident, was killed in the accident, lived in Fort, they live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I think, you know, I think we're here in South Dakota, 800 miles away of going, who, who, how are we going to, how are we going to help them? How, you know, we're guys, right? We like to solve problems, fix things, right? You know, now, but the church, the school, the neighborhood community, I was blown away as a as a father and a grandfather my wife we were blown away by the support and the love and the outpouring from the mm -hmm. church the community the neighborhood the schools um that that you know there were 1200 people at Vale's funeral i mean here's a little six-year-old the mayor of fort collins was there i mean it's it's yeah it's a tragedy but you know maybe it's god's way of saying Let's go do something good with this. It's a tragedy, yeah. yes, God. You know, and we know Vale's in a great place. We know that. 
he's smiling down, looking at us, Jeff, like, ah, you guys are talking about that. That's awesome. You're using me. That's awesome. So, but those are, that, that's really important when it comes to, you know, what the, the value of, of church, um, the value of faith and, and the outpouring. Help others, man. Others is others is a great word. So go do it and help them. <laughs> and Justin, I had the privilege of interviewing Heather Palacios. Uh, wonderful.com is where you can find information about her. And she's always struggled with suicide. She has a great ministry now that she's a part of. But uh, about 10 months ago, you suffered another tragic loss. And it was your son. Yeah. Can you just share when you found out and how you've been able to continue to trust God in all these things. Yeah, so it was it was September of, of 2020, right? Kind of uh, COVID's roaring and, and, and loneliness and despair and, you know, a bunch of dark words and, you know, uh, we can attribute to, to that. And on the 23rd of September, um, I'm tra- I was traveling with work and, and I get a phone call that our son Austin, um, didn't show up for work and I'd been with him the weekend before working on that farm, uh, the whole nine yards, spending time together. Like we, like we did so often every week. Um, he had, he had a really good job. He had a, um, Austin had never, our son had never been married, no children, was a believer, um, was, was, uh, was a supervisor in his job, worked, for others, had some response, had responsibility, educated, um, college graduate, um, you know, kind of got it all together, right? Um, didn't show up for work. Um, he, uh, Austin, you know, he was in, obviously he was in a dark spot and, and he, he completed suicide. He took his life. And uh, I don't, I, I know how, I know what happened. I certainly will never answer why. And you know what I carry as a father, what we carry as a family, um, you know, his mother, what could have we done different? How did we miss this? I don't have those answers. I search for them every day, um, but I know I wouldn't be where I'm sitting today without faith, with knowing that there's something way bigger um, you know, for us, as, as we talked about Vail and Austin to the equation now, and, and, and it's, it's hard to say why us, right? It's, it's, or it's easy to, to maybe fall into the why us and play that victim with these things that continue to happen. But we, we've, we've, we work hard every day at uh, making sure that it's why not us and, yeah. and talking about Austin. And it was so meaningful. <clears throat> to me, Pastor, that you reached out to our church and the work that Keith has done as the founding pastor, Pastor Loy has done here, um, and, and we've got this privilege to talk to you and, and, and those that are that are listening and watching today. That uh, please be encouraged by, um, you know, and I get I get filled up with knowing that there's faith by helping others. And, and that, I keep saying that, and I, I sound like a broken record probably, but um, I, I got to be intentional about it. I got to work hard at it. We have to work hard at it as a family because uh, you can fall back into those, those, uh, those thoughts of, you know, 
how come this how come we're how come we're left to deal with this and uh, not glad that we're dealing with it by any means but being it's a situation it's in let's 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 let god work through us let's let him guide this with his hands that's so good and again Justin Ingalls, Celebrate.Church. If you want more information or find out how you can help with uh, the ministry that they're part of, Celebrate.Church. But uh, Justin, I choose to believe, based on Scripture, and uh, your message conveys it, that Satan kicks us when we're down. And uh, some people would say, well, why don't you blame God? And as you said, it's better to say, okay, God, how can you use me through this than it is just going back to why. But uh, when we want to kick Satan in the teeth, how motivated are you just to say, okay, God has this, and he's going to put Satan in his place as well. So I just want to be obedient and motivated through trauma, loss, discouragement, just to be on fire for God, even when I'm personally experiencing such suffering. Amen. <laughs> You've said it so well, and it's uh, um, it's part of why I've changed some things in my life. Uh, professionally. Um, it's I'm so blessed to have a church family here at Celebrate um, that that's embraced, uh, you know, uh, kind of asked me to come in, not kind of, asked me to come in. And I'm part of this church on staff today. Not as, not it's Keith's pulpit. It's Pastor Loy's pulpit. I get that. But, but but how do we help others and take church outside these walls and help people? And what a great opportunity for me to honor what my dad has given me, our family, the, yeah. the opportunity I get to pass on through the Vale tragedies, through the Austin tragedies, how we get to carry that on. And you're right. Satan's not going to win this one. I promise you that. God's got it. And uh, he's speaking to me. He's speaking through me. He's speaking through our family. Um I, I know that through you, uh, you, you reached out to me because he says we got to have more people hear this. So God bless yeah. you. Oh, definitely. And Pastor Keith made a, a statement that he feels as though God's called him to keep his foot on the gas, but to allow someone else to drive the car. And uh, what does that mean to you that you feel and Pastor Keith feels and God feels like you are being entrusted to drive the car on this one? Is that nerve wracking or are you just filled with great pride knowing that you're following God? H how do you deal with those things when God calls us to something, but sometimes we would prefer allowing somebody else to take the lead? Yeah. You know, um, it's uh, I'm so encouraged what God's doing. I, I'm, I am. I feel like I, I, I've got this great big sail and my arms are out wide and there's wind at my back and it's easy to go forward. It's it really is um, not because I'm jumping up and down and joy with joy with, you know, handling and dealing with some of the grief that, that were tragedies that we're going through that we always will go through. I'm not the only one. There's others out there that can be telling the same story. So I'm so fortunate. But that foot is on the gas. And when we trust God, you know, he's going to drive this car. Yeah. And instead of trying to be a leader, trying to adjust and quit trying to fix everything all the time, you know, let God follow him, be led by him. Those are the kind of things that, uh, man, I, I get I get pretty excited about that, Pastor. I really do. 
And I may have had it incorrect here, but this is what I heard. Take charge, trust Christ, teach care. Take charge, trust Christ, teach care. How important is it that we, well, trust Christ, but that we are teaching care, that we're caring for one another? I, in our small group, and if you'll allow me just for a moment, I talked about how being right often leads to arrogance when God wants it to lead to humility. But we like we know what to do. So if you don't do it the right way, then you are in error. And if I could just uh, sidetrack for a moment, I understand you are a referee, so I'll ask you which sport that is. But my daughter plays basketball, and quite frankly, I thought she was being coached wrong. And I said, Jay, forget forget what you just learned because they are wrong. I am right. And my daughter said, How do you know you're right? And I'm like. Because I know what your coach told you is wrong, and I'm right. And that was not uh, the humblest way or the most well-received way to say that. Now I hope the coach doesn't watch this. But, but for you, first question, I guess, is what coach or what uh, sport do you referee? So I've, I've refereed uh, basketball and football for a long time. I don't referee basketball on the floor anymore. I'm very involved in officiating. Um, I, I know that I've kind of worked my whole life. And here's another where God is speaking to and through me. Um, lost a very dear friend in November last year from COVID. And that friend was the head of officials hmm. um, for the sports of basketball and football here in South Dakota. Dear, dear friend. Miss him, you know, every single day. Um, and uh, I had the, I have the privilege of... Uh, of, of being asked and applying for and, and, and actually taking on some responsibilities as the, as a coordinator of officials for the state of South Dakota. Yep. We're going to get officiating, right? Okay. I get it. That's kind of the oxygen in this, but, but officiating is the people business, right? Hmm. And uh, it's, it's not about giving somebody a badge and, you know, hey, you know, bad guy call a file, give him a whistle and they don't do this and all that other stuff, throw a flag it's it's really around guiding lives, providing some opportunities, teaching, mentoring, all the things that God wants us has shown us. The Bible is full of those kind of examples where we can be good citizens with and for each other. So truly believe that God has touched me in another way and threw me another way to go out and help others with that. But officiating has been a big part of my life since my days in college. Um, and uh, had lots of great experiences. Um, real quickly, I've officiated in uh, in uh, in 38 states and three different countries. So uh, uh, college basketball and, and, and college football. So have the opportunity to uh, somebody helped me, somebody touched me. Hopefully, they made me better. Um, they've passed it on. I get to do the same thing in, a, in some mentorship roles and, and still have some fun to, you know, the competition that kind of that drives many of us. Yes. Again, Justin Ingalls, Celebrate.Church, Celebrate.Church. And as we wrap things up, a couple probably difficult questions. I know they would be if I was uh, being asked, but since I'm asking, I'll, I'll ask you uh, nonetheless. Yeah. How do you lead your wife through this as knowing her relationship with God, but you are the husband. How have you been able to lead your wife these past few years? It's a great question. Um, I'd first start with love and trust. My wife is, I, I wished you all could meet her. 
because she she's a, she's a blessing. Um, she is truly when I say my best friend, she is truly my best friend. Her father, her mother, um, amazing people, amazing godlike people. Um, they raised their children, and I've, I've um, you know, I've I've loved. We've loved, um, been very intentional about loving my wife um, through losing a grandchild, losing a son. Um, and uh, I know God's, God's has us together for a reason <laughs> that we are, we're guiding each other. So yes, it is. It's probably not a good answer. I didn't articulate it very well, but uh, um, you, you'll, uh, I've written it down here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that uh, I think about that and continue to do it. But my quick answer is, is is really uh, trust and love. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Um, just continue doing that, and then with the loss of your grandson, how have you been able to lead your children well? And I'll just give you a moment to think. My son is 19, almost 20. He uh, decided not to go back to a second year of college. He's just working, paying my brother-in-law rent to live with him and just working a lot in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My daughter's 17. She's going to early college. So her freshman year of college will be her senior year of high school. And so we're going to be empty nesters soon. We've been married 20 years and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to being an empty nester. But then I'm realizing I'm losing control, and I say that word carefully, with my kids. I'd like to like tell them, this is what you need to do. This is what you have to do. But being you know, adults, uh, I'm just trying to care for them at a distance. How have you been able to care for your children that are grown, that are out of the house? How are you doing that? Well, some real practical things, right? There's Zoom calls and FaceTime and all that other stuff. That's one way. Stay engaged. Absolutely. If, if I, I losing a son, I have conversations every single day today, and he's been gone since September twenty third, twenty twenty. We have conversations every day. It is such a blessing to see a phone number bounce up on our phone when when it's your our, our daughter from Washington D.C. or Lincoln, Nebraska, or Watertown, South Dakota, or you know, cross town here in Sioux Falls. When 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 Fort Collins, Colorado, when, when that, the engagement, this as a, these events, I truly believe have, have pulled us together. God says, you need to be together, right? You need to be together. And we're very intentional about it. And, um, made some changes professionally. I talked to you about and that's So our family can spend more time together. It's not about collecting stuff and collecting things and having a bigger this and a better that. No, the bigger and the better is our love for God, love for one another and, and helping one another. It's, it's, it's amazing. We have, we have, uh, we've got, you know, a son and, and five daughters and the daughters, our son's passed, the daughters, they're all in the, in the healthcare business. Hmm. They're caring for others. Yeah. Maybe there's two that maybe aren't directly or have titles of nurses, but they help people every day in their jobs. They teach people every day in their jobs. So I, I tell them, I share with them. They seek advice. I seek advice from them about how do we touch things? 
how can we make those things better? Because I, it, the proudest moment, and I'm sure, I hope my father's, I know my father's looking down on this and saying, you made me proud. You finally got a kid. Mm. You figured it out finally what this means. Now go out and execute it. Go out and do it. Have those children. Have others. Let's multiply this about passing this type of love of God, because that's what it, this is about. It's through us, but it's love of God helping others. Uh, Levi Lesko, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a pastor, but he tragically lost one of his daughters. And he said every day, he's one day closer to seeing her again. And Amen. I just love that. Amen. That perspective. <clears throat> Justin, as we think about how we could get involved, uh, contact you, connect with you, I know we will be praying for you as a local church here. I'm going to share this with our uh, leadership team and just praying for you and your family. Celebrate.church uh, is where people can get more information. But if people wanted to give to Take Charge, if there's ever an opportunity for a ministry team to come to South Dakota and help, whether it's revamp the barn or do some help, how, how can people get involved to join you and what you're doing to touch it, to make it better, and to pass it on. Yeah, he, that's gracious, and and nobody's going to be turned away. Um, I, I, it's through this church. It's through Celebrate Church. What God is at the center of this. His Spirit is at the center of this, and it's really why I'm sitting, you know, in this building, involved in this organization today. Um, this is this. Celebrate Church, Pastor Keith Loy, have given us and our family so many reasons to carry forward, so many reasons. Anything that we're going to do for this ministry, the, the take charge, let's go get some traction about helping others do that through this through Celebrate Church. So we welcome you. Uh, we got plenty to do. Um, come on out and see how great South Dakota is. <laughs> And uh, that would be following the former pastor here where I am, David Norman, uh, left here to uh, do an internship with Celebrate, and now he's a church planner in Mankato, Minnesota. And so, yes, the Wesleyan Church is great, uh, but people are what truly make a difference as we just rely and rest in Jesus. And so, Justin, if you would, would you just pray for us, for Living Hope Wesleyan Church, for us here in Vermont, as we seek to touch it, to make it better, to pass it on, as we want to be God's hands and feet, that as COVID revealed what is, that we would understand that God has something better. He has a plan for us. And also for those that might be struggling with mental illness or mental health, emotional wellness, that they would just find that grace and safety within Jesus, if you would. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, um, thank you. Thank you for bringing Pastor Jeff into my life, into our lives. His caring heart has uh, allowed for our mission, our vision to continue to carry God's word about helping others, shining light where there's darkness, Light is always best in the dark, and what a great opportunity we have um, as humans, as people, as, as children of Christ, that we can carry forward messages of, of hope, messages of healing, putting our hands on situations, putting our hands on one another, 
in very loving, caring ways. Reach out to somebody. Put your hand down. Bring them along. Feel, feel the need to put your hand up and ask for help. We don't have all the answers. The only answer is God. But as we're navigating these waters, God, guide us. Guide us. Continue to guide us and to seek your help, to seek your faith, to seek your love, and to share that, to connect and build a bridge, continue to build bridges that we go back and forth to and with each other. God, Pastor Jeff, what an amazing man. You're blessed to have him. Thank you for sharing. God bless and amen. Amen, Justin. Thank you so much for the time today. Again, that's Justin Ingalls. Find more at celebrate.church. Celebrate.church. Uh, you can just ask about take charge and uh, get involved in that way as you would like, as God's uh, compelled you. And if you feel like, oh, that's great. We need to start something here. Well, maybe we do, but let's partner first and learn from one another and just approach God just boldly but humbly and just seek him and what he's doing. We thank you all. You can uh, subscribe on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and the podcast on Apple iTunes or Google Podcasts is Living Hope Wesleyan. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday, 8 o'clock online, 9 o'clock in person, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We love you. You belong. You're accepted. In Jesus' grace, well, it's for all of us. And that I am thankful for. Thanks, everybody.